You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you on this Tuesday episode to answer some of your questions. We got a post-game injury report from Week 9 and Shanahan's press conference answering a number of questions that uh, I found interesting. So we'll get into some of that stuff today at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker if you ever want to hit us up and get involved in uh, any mailbag segments that we do. And we'll probably dip into the mailbag a little bit with Nick Winkler tomorrow on another Winky Wednesday episode. But Croc, after you've had a chance, I, I know there was disappointment. I could I could hear it in your voice, but you didn't go in on Shanahan and the team so much. You, you kept a level head post game uh, in a rapid react podcast yesterday. After sleeping on the game, I don't know if you went back and watched any of it. Do you have any more thoughts from a really disappointing Week Nine loss to the Cardinals? Yeah. You know, I think I, I I've kind of, I slept on it. I thought about it. I've listened to different podcasts, you know, just different people's perspective. And the one thing that I came away with just kind of gathering my own thoughts is I just don't think Kyle Shanahan is a good head coach. I saw you going on a long run, too. I saw your uh, Instagram story. So I think that was I, I, you've kind of had a Balboa moment. You were just like you're getting deep and, and you and you were sweating a lot and you're doing some thinking, listening to some podcasts and really trying to collect your thoughts there. So I could tell there was something going on there. Do you think so? And I asked you that question after the game. Monday or Sunday night when we recorded that Rapid React pod. So do you think Kyle Shanahan's on the hot seat? Eh, no, not really. Not in the hot seat. I know there's contractual stuff, but let's say Kyle Shanahan's in the last year of his contract right now, or contract stuff didn't matter. You could lop it off at any moment. Do you think that Kyle Shanahan at this point has proven he's not a good head coach? Has he proven that he needs more help in one certain area? Has he proven to you that, uh, you know, because we had a lot of questions about giving up play calling. I think that's the opposite of what needs to happen with Kyle Shanahan. Do you think it's a scouting? Do you think it's a coach development situation? Do you think it's, uh, uh, you know, front office that he's got too much on his plate there? Is there something that if you were Jed York, you would say, Kyle Shanahan, I'm not going to fire you, but I'm going to make sure we hire this person at this position to help you out. Would you go that way? Or do you think that Kyle Shanahan just doesn't have a really good big picture grasp on head coaching a football team? Yeah. Well, most coaches think in the now, right? Like most coaches aren't thinking about tomorrow or, you know, the following game or three games down the line or even next year. They, they can't, a lot of times their jobs are on the line. Yeah. Now he supposedly had a conversation with Jay York, and coming from that conversation, Jay, you came out and said, hey, Trey Lance could sit one year. He could sit two years if Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. is taking us to the Super Bowl. Remember that? Well, clearly Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to take us to the Super Bowl. Right now, the team does not look good. And I'm not saying it's Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well enough, right, to, you know, kind of save his job. There's some some all-22 clips that are kind of floating around where he, he's missing guys. Like, he's missing guys within the reads of the offense. And you could see it all come open. and he's like throwing a check down, right? Like, I think that's going to frustrate people. That's going to frustrate Kyle Shanahan. But I think ultimately he's playing well enough to not just flat out lose the starting job to a rookie quarterback where there is a lot of unknown. But I mean, I I, I put everything on Kyle Shanahan because at the end of the day, like you said, like he is the ultimate decision maker. 
nothing, nobody's on this roster without his, um, you know, signing off on it, whether it's an offensive guy, defensive guy, whatever it is, he has a final say in everything. And, you know, it's we're, right now 49ers are going on one winning season in five years. So I would ask other people, like, what has Kyle Shanahan done that gives you confidence that he is the guy aside from blowing a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl? Yeah, and we were talking a little bit off the air uh, about the idea that Kyle Shanahan, there's a 0% chance that he would get fired. And, and that's the way I feel about it. I, uh, the, the hot seat doesn't even begin to get warm, I don't think, for Kyle Shanahan until next year to me. I, I don't think there's any way he would get fired this year. But then you thought about it and you asked the question, Why? And we've seen coaches get fired after drafting a quarterback high. We saw it with Jeff Fisher after drafting Jared Goff. We saw it with, we're going to see it with Matt Nagy. He's got, dude, they were lining up offsides. Did you see this Monday Night Football game? What it was like three times, like three plays in a row. Like, come the on, the rest man, were bad, doing? but you can't just be lining up in the wrong place. Like, you, you got to go to coaching for that. And, and so uh, I would be shocked if Matt Nagy doesn't get fired after drafting you know uh top 10 or top 11 quarterback in Justin Fields who had some really good throws in this game and by the way an argument for playing Trey Lance is seeing Justin Fields progress before our eyes right um right so <laughs> and you said something interesting and I and I want you to expand on that on the air is that okay well let's say Kyle Shanahan gets a pass because they drafted this quarterback to develop but what about the job he's doing before he even develops that quarterback, the job he's doing now with the team that's supposed to go to a Super Bowl that is three and five and might not even make the playoffs. Right. So everybody has all this confidence that he is the guy to, you know, be able to get the most out of Trey Lance and he's able to develop him and his clock doesn't start in, in the sense of him, you know, being on that hot seat until he gets the opportunity to spend a year or two with Trey Lance, being able to de develop him. But I don't see anything right now with this team that gives me confidence that he is the guy to develop Trey Lance and that he's going to, I can't say with confidence that he's going to build a winning team around him because right now, again, I look at this roster and especially the team that lost on Sunday. And that is not a bad team. It's not a bad roster. You have ter ter terrific weapons all over. And again, there, there are some things out of his control. You have some fumbles and things like that. The defense didn't play well but at the end of the day. If you are who you, who we think you are as a head coach, you have to win that game. And the only games he's won so far against the Eagles, you know, against the Lions and against the Bears, who are three and five now playing with a rookie quarterback who, like you said, is starting to get better. But there hasn't been anything like that I've seen throughout this season that tells me he's the guy moving forward. And then when I look at the seasons in the past, it's more losing than winning. Aside from the one Super Bowl run, so how how many how many mulligans do we give him? Right, like how many excuses do we continue to make for him? And at what point do the excuses run out? And we kind of sum it up as maybe he's just not a great coach. And there are a lot of coaches in the NFL that don't have everything perfect, that don't have a great quarterback situation. Look at Mike Tomlin right now. Like uh, Ben Roethlisberger is shot. And he's still figuring out a ways to get his team to rally and win football games. And it's not pretty. They're having a tough time, but they're winning. And the 49ers, they're not. So to me, it just comes down to, like, it all comes down to Kyle Shanahan and something that he is or isn't doing. I, I can't put my finger on it, but right now, def definitely not getting the results we want. And I wonder if these results right now are good enough for Jet York. 
Jed York thought it was unacceptable when Jim Harbaugh was going to NFC Championship games, right? And so um, I think he's got to feel like this is unacceptable. I think probably Jed York's is as surprised as anybody that the 49ers aren't winning football games right now. And this 2021 football 49ers football team uh, has not proven that they can beat a good team. So um, that is where they're at right now. Kyle Shanahan was asked those questions, and he put it on himself. And I haven't really, I haven't really heard Kyle Shanahan talk like this that much. He said uh, in the post game or in the uh, the Monday press conference, he said, "quote Failure of execution starts with me. So when plays don't work, no matter how it happens, it starts with the coaches. There's a ton of things I can do better. So uh, he kind of yeah. But did you hear the question I was asked? Uh, I can it, it, find it in the I believe it was alluding it to like asking who does the blame go on. So it was kind of like he he kind of had to, like and again I don't want to be this guy that nitpicks <laughs> at him but no but it was the way that it was worded like I feel like he answered it that way because of how it was asked to him. Here's the exact question and quote. Was there anything that you think you could have done better in this game or was it just a failure of execution? Right. So that's when he said, yes, it was a failure of execution, and ultimately that lies on me, basically. Uh, he said, whether you're running the ball or whether you're throwing the ball, coach coaching your guys to execute a play starts with coaching, and then it leads to playing, so that goes hand in hand. And that's one of the big problems I've had with some of the, the development. Like, I, like, how does IU get worse in year two? Is that on IU or is that on the coaching staff, right? Like, And, and they talk about him not practicing like a pro is he on his phone playing candy crush while the other receivers are running routes like what is he doing wrong in practice if he's doing it wrong coach him on it make him better right make him better on Sundays make him better at practice during the week so I do have a big question with coaching right now when it comes to the 49ers and not just Kyle Shanahan but all the way down but he's in charge of his coaches and he hires his coaches too so in the end it does all come full circle around the Kyle Shanahan I do think that he is trying like he's trying to instill a certain level of standard and for whatever reason, that message is getting kind of jumbled at some point in that. And I don't know why, because I'm being critical of Kyle Shanahan right now, but I want to like him. I do like him. I do think he is, you know, in theory, a good head coach. Like, I want to believe that he is the guy that we saw coach the 49ers to a 13-3 and season and destroy some teams on the way to a Super Bowl and was seven minutes away from actually winning. Like, I want to believe that that's who he is. But... At one, at what point do I say no? Like that was kind of a one-off, and he really is more so of what you've seen in every other year, including this year, and losing to an Arizona team that's without all their best players. And in the end, all this talk about Kyle Shanahan and who's to blame in hot seats, he's not going to get fired. I still do believe he's not. that. There's no chance that Kyle Shanahan gets fired this year. So get that out of your minds, 49ers fans. I can't imagine how bad it would have to get this year for him to get fired um i think there could be actually some- he had to lose every game like he would he would have to lose out and i think at that point jet york would be like oh, okay can't yeah. do this but uh, it, to, to me it's and it's all about they've they've they already made their decision in the offseason right jet york john lynch kyle shanahan all made it together they made a brotherhood pact of we're gonna trade off a bunch of draft picks we're gonna draft this young quarterback who's only 20 years old and it's gonna take it might take some time Jed York himself was a believer. Hey, might take, might even sit for two years. So that was the plan they all set forth. And I would be surprised if they bail on that plan already. And now it comes down to, okay, go coach up 
the young kid, the young quarterback. And if he looks awful in 2022, then we got a problem. And what I don't want to see is the ex- starting the clock on the excuses of, oh, year one in Shanahan's offense playing for Trey Lance in 2022, so it's going to take until 2023 for him to be good. That's why I want to see Trey Lance more than anything on the field because I want that excuse out the window to start because I need Trey Lance to start looking like an NFL quarterback in 2022. Or, or that's what I say for sure Kyle Shanahan would need to be on the hot seat. But right now he's not, and he still has half a season to turn this 49ers ship around. We'll see if he can do it. More from Shanahan's press conference, more on the injuries Uh, that are starting to mount a little bit for the 49ers, especially one guy that they are going to now not have for a while on the offensive line. And your question's coming up. It's holiday season. I personally love Thanksgiving, all the food, getting together with family and friends. Uh, Those food and treats, though, plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, now's the perfect time for Built Bars, you got to look after your health and your figure as well this time of year because things can go south pretty quickly. Built Bars here to help. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and have only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. New flavors coming all the time at Built.com. Some surprises all month, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So bad news from the injury report. Mike McGlinchey is actually done for the year, a season-ending quad injury. And it's interesting because they thought he might come back into the game, and all of a sudden it's like, nope, he's not going to come back into the game. It's actually, you know what? He's not going to come back all year. So Mike McGlinchey, quad injury, he is now done. Uh, they're going to have to shake up the offensive line a little bit because what we saw with Brunskill at guard and especially Tom Compton at right tackle, that can't happen. So that cannot be the plan. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Just uh, finish up the injury report here. Muhammad Sanu has a knee sprain. Won't be back anytime soon. Potentially IR there. Tavon Wilson, foot injury, most likely IR for him. So if there's no Jimmy Ward coming back, and now you lose the, the backup to him at free safety. Josh Norman has a rib injury. That's not why he left the game. He got yanked because of other nonsense. Uh, but he'll be limited this week in practice. We'll see if Josh Norman comes back. Um and Dre Kirkpatrick, uh, I can only guess, sprained his ankle as he got ran over by Eno Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, he got ran over so bad. Oh. Like, dude, when you're tall like that, you can't stop your feet. You got to shoot <laughs> through the hip on those lower guys. Otherwise, you'll get dipped on. How about this one, though? Uh, a couple of interesting ones. One, Tarverius Moore, they haven't closed the, chance, the, closed the door on him for a chance to come back and play this year. Maybe December we could see Tarverius Moore with the uh, Achilles come back I would be surprised on that one the Niners have done that before too with really serious injuries like that's a full year injury what's him playing two games uh, gonna do right torn Achilles and that happened in the spring that happened in what like OTAs right or was that trade no OTAs. I'm trying to think who can oh Michael Crabtree May did he come back the same year yeah came back uh played at the end of the year ended up playing in the playoffs did well yeah, and his was like OTAs too, right? It's about the same time frame. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess maybe. Yeah. God, uh, Crabtree was never the same after that. 
It's a it's supposed to be a six a six month injury. Okay. Like you should be like recovered in six months. So right. if you tear it early enough, especially like you know in April, uh, yeah, there is a chance that you can. I think it was maybe back, you know, I think it was stuff. May at the earliest that that happened, right? Because that's OTAs. Draft is April then. Or it might have been. Did they have one quick OTA right before the draft? Sometimes they do. I can't remember the time frame now. But anyways, it was. I feel it was like some... this was like after that because I think they would have drafted more safeties or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about this one, Jalen Hurd? Not expected to play this year. Why is he like? What's the? Just cut. Like, what's the point? Right. He has more lifelines than Kyle Shanahan. That's crazy, dude. I, I've never seen a guy get so many chances uh, to not play in Jalen Hurd. So three full seasons now. For Jalen Hurd, not expected back this year. I don't know what you would expect to get from him if he, if he couldn't recover already from his torn ACL. He's got the back issues, you know, and then you know whatever new injuries would pop up once he actually starts playing football again. So he just played like he played in the preseason. Like what? Like <laughs> how do you go from actually playing in the game and you have four catches for twenty five yards? Not like you know crazy good or anything, but like he was in. Like he played. He made some catches, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, nah, you can't play anymore now. Like what? I don't know. I don't know. We got to talk about this McGlinchey thing, too, because Tom Compton can't play right tackle. If anything, you would put Compton at guard because at least he's better there than at tackle, maybe. And Brunskill is probably better suited to play tackle anyway than guard and should have been swing tackle in the first place. So maybe you do that. Uh, but they haven't really practiced at those positions all year. I guess Thompson, Compton's been practicing at guard, but Brunskill's been at guard and not been practicing at tackle. So does that make him worse outside? Do you bring the rookie Jalen Moore over to play tackle next to Brunskill? Or do you kick Brunskill out and you go with the second round guard in Aaron Banks, who, by the way, Kyle Shanahan did say that Banks is starting to push Brunskill a little bit. And when the time is right, we'll make that move, he said. Which makes me, I, which sounds to me like Jalen Moore is going to play right tackle. Brunskill is going to play right guard, right? That is, I think that's yeah. got to be the way it goes. But my issue with, with what he said about the right time and it just seems like it's never the right time for Kyle Shanahan. So he could say that, like, yeah, when the time is right. And it's like, like, what has to happen? Does uh, Brunsko have to get injured for you to end up going to Banks? I mean. And, and, and the thing is, Kyle hates rookies. You know what he hates more than rookies is second-year guys. So we got to watch out for this draft <laughs> class because he might come back and hate Sermon and hate Banks and who knows, maybe even Trey Lance more next year uh, and them not doing things right in training camp or something. I, saw I don't know. I saw people, uh, uh, they were telling me that Sermon removed all his 49ers stuff from like his bio and everything on Twitter. Who's that? Sherman? <laughs> yeah, Trey Sermon. Oh, Sermon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah he, uh, he removed all his like affiliations with the 49ers. That's funny. I'm not surprised he's upset. I mean, he was. Oh, he's he's looking at him like, dude, I'm not running bad. Like, I'm not running terribly for you to not give me any carries because he's not. Yeah, and and I hope there's running bad. I hope it's clear at least, like with Shanahan, uh, because for us, we don't really know, and we'll never know maybe exactly what it is. But I hope he's at least clear with the players. He's like, look, Trey Sermon, you're dead last on the depth chart at running back because A, B, C, and uh, you know, and maybe that was the thing with Ayuk and him having words, whatever that meant. They had some words with each other. I mean, that's how you saying, well, what the hell do you want, dude? Weird. You know? I always thought that was weird. Like, we had words. Because typically, like, when I hear, like, if I say that, like, yeah, me and such and such had some words, that's, like, not good. That's serious, right? <laughs> yeah. That's I guess like, in football, it well, feels you know, like that happens a lot. And guys and, and, and coaches almost get off on that when a player will actually stand up to them and yell at them. And then they like you all of a sudden. And they didn't like you before. 
because you took all the abuse. You know what I mean? Like, there's some guys yeah. that are built like that, and old school coaches are kind of like that sometimes. And then sometimes it's the opposite, where they want you to shut up at all times, and if you try to talk back, then that's when you get in the doghouse. I feel like Kyle Shanahan, he has a big ego. So I'm, I I don't think he likes when guy if a guy talks back to him or has words with him. I think he has maybe, a huge I ego mean, for sure. I, I think that's one thing we've learned a lot about Kyle Shanahan. He does have a huge ego. That is not something that's unique to him when it comes to the NFL, whether it's front office owners, coaches, players. But, yeah, uh, I don't know if that necessarily has served him extremely well so far. But, um I, when it comes to Shanahan, the thing I'm worried about is I think there's just too much on his plate. And they know in-house when it comes to the front office stuff, they know in-house who's like pounding the table for which prospects, who's been in charge of which picks. You know, If Shanahan's guys have always been the ones that are failing, then he's got to <laughs> stop picking. You know, and, and if it's Adam Peters, then fire Adam Peters and get a new director of scouting, right? And if it's John Lynch, sorry, John, you got to go back to broadcasting. You know, it's that kind of thing. Because whoever's making the good picks needs to continue making the picks. Whoever's making the bad picks needs to stop making picks. And they have, they have the receipts. They know who it is. And if it's yeah. Shanahan, he has to understand that. And I think that's where Jed York comes in. And Jed York needs to at least have been around those meetings and know those things already. And if he doesn't, needs to have a meeting with those guys and bring them together and say, look, Kyle, sorry. You don't get that anymore. You know, you, you, you don't get to choose anymore. I am sorry. Well, here's the issue with even that, right? Like, let's look at Kyle Shanahan and some of his track record drafting guys like uh, Dante Pettis, right? Or we'll even throw, you know, Brandon Ayuk into that, right? Because mm -hmm. they are having a certain level of success as rookies. So Kyle Shanahan can point to the fact that, no, this guy from an evaluation standpoint is what I thought he would be, right? Like but Dante then I Pettis showed, him. like, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I really know. But Dante Pettis showed, like, everything that you would want to see from Dante Pettis, like, what you thought you were getting. He showed that in his rookie year, every aspect of it. But then he also probably showed that other aspect of it, which Kyle Shanahan eventually did not like, right? And maybe he didn't know that about him uh, before you have him. And sometimes those are things that it's hard to know. It's hard to know certain things about guys, right? Like until you get them in your building and actually like start to coach him. Because up until then, you know, they come on a visit. Even if you push them through a workout, like that's okay. They're just doing their workout. But once you start having to really kind of dig into the, who the person is and you have to like scold them and get on them, that's when you're going to find out how they react. And it sounds like Dante Pettis didn't react well to it, even though Kyle Shanahan was extremely open to him. But Kyle Shanahan, in the sense of like his draft, his draft picks, can say, I got the evaluation of the ability right. Same with Brandon Ayuk. Like he got that right. Like if Brandon Ayuk just never got back on track and he just ended up being like quote unquote a bust, whatever, you know, not not panning out for the 49ers, you can point to that rookie year and say, I got the he can say he got the evaluation aspect of it right on field. So it's tough. Yeah, you know? he he could probably even say that about Joe Williams. It's like he was a good player. He just didn't come to play and didn't want to be a pro and didn't, you know, all these other ah, things. But we knew that, but everybody knew that he quit on you. Uh, yeah, he quit it? twice. Like UCLA, Utah, uh, Utah, Utah, and, yeah, Utah, and wherever he played before that, right? That was the second school. Or was nah, it his third I school? Just, I thought it was just Utah. No, but he like no, no, quit. No. He had a, somebody pass away. And he just walked away from this. 
Yeah, all I'm seeing is Utah, two years. So where are the other two years? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a junior college transfer or something. And we got Peacock going down the rabbit hole of, of Joe Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was way more to his story. Like, I thought it was a very... The only thing with his story is that him and Capri Bibbs were in the same... <laughs> they both, ah, here we they go. used fourth-round picks on both of them. <laughs> here we go, here we go, here we go. Prior to Utah... Joe Williams played at UConn in 2012 before transferring to ASA College in Brooklyn, New York, where he played one season, then transferred to Utah. So it was three colleges. He went from wow, UConn no to like whatever that college is in Brooklyn, New York, and then back to Utah. I don't even know what the hell kind of college that is in Brooklyn, New York. Like, what is that? I, I don't even know they have football over there. I, I and know. I don't know if you guys have been to New York like that, but I went to the 49ers Eagles game and... Like they say, it's the concrete jungle. Like I saw no grass. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Except for one big ass park in the middle of New York, and that's it. <laughs> All right, let's get this thing back on the rails. A couple more notes from Kyle's presser, Odell Beckham, Forty Nine ers secondary, and your questions next. Hey, 49ers fans, want to let you know about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. I downloaded this app. I use it. I was blown away how easy it is. You open up the app. You find where the gas is cheap, where you can get the most cash back, and you fill up there and get up to 25 cents back for every single gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. To get an extra bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So, if you're keeping track, that means up to 50 cents cash back on your first tank. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people drive a ton or making as much as two, $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time, withdraw straight to your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card, whatever. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Odell Beckham, the 49ers can't afford him. So apparently he still does have that $7.25 million for this year, yeah. but that contract that they redid basically just took away his future years. So if you want to claim Odell on waivers... The team would be on the hook for $7.25 million, which makes me believe he'll probably clear waivers. I'm not totally positive there. Uh, and then if he does, Kyle Shanahan didn't say he wasn't interested in Odell Beckham, but he just said they couldn't financially afford him if they claimed him on waivers. So maybe they'll try to do something if he does clear waivers. But at that point, I think it would be too difficult for them to compete with some other teams that have a much better record right now. Well, Pete Carroll was, they asked Pete Carroll about it. And he like smiled or something. And they're before that? the 49ers in the waiver order anyway. So, uh, I hate the Seahawks. They oh. just drafted a receiver, man. Use him. Yeah. The and they got, from, uh, I mean, they got Lockett and DK. Come on. Yeah. And, and they, they have the kid from Western Michigan. Uh, yeah. Uh, Drake. Oh, kind of banged up. Gosh, the speedster. Yeah. Can't think of his name right Speed now. Speed guy. Number four. But anyway, um, Russell Wilson oh, coming back one. there too. He's back. Do you see his hype video that showed him getting like x-rays and all that? No. Yeah, he had a hype video. He's back though. I'm not going to lie, man. Russell Wilson's kind of like the boogeyman. Crazy thing is like they sucked 
like this year, even when they had them. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. But the 49ers are just worse, so they still lost <laughs> to the Seahawks. <laughs> One last Shanahan press conference note. Uh, he was asked about the plan when they drafted Ambry Thomas and Yamador Lenore. And he said they weren't bringing him in to start, but just for depth because they felt good about their starters in Mosley, Williams, Verrett. Said the same thing about the two offensive linemen they drafted in Banks and um, Moore. Said they were drafted for depth. They weren't expected to come in and start right away. They liked their guys that they had coming back as starters. And then he said, quote, unfortunately, they weren't totally ready for it. Third round pick, fifth round pick, and they weren't ready. So um, what are your thoughts on that and just the complete disappearance of D'Amador Lenore? And like... Basically, my question would be, why the hell wouldn't you at least want to put D'Amador Lenore or even Ambry Thomas out there instead of Dre for uh, Kirkpatrick at this point? Yeah. Okay. So we we I I feel like I've answered that. They play two different positions. I think in theory, like what they want from D'Amador Lenore, I think they want him to be a nickel, and Dre Kirkpatrick is an outside cornerback strictly. Right. Right. Very uh, different. So very different guys. I but D'Amador has played that, outside in college and played outside for the Niners this year. So it's not like yeah, you know, but if you want to teach he, him nickel, do it in the off season, and it's not like it's like it's going to hurt him becoming a nickel if he plays some snaps outside this year. I think. I think they. I think they wanted to bring him in as a nickel. I'm just trying to read between the lines here, but they had all those injuries or guys kind of banged up or whatever throughout uh, training camp. Remember, uh, Verrett was out for a little bit, or he was missing time, or he wasn't playing. Then you have Mosley. He had the hamstring stuff. So I think Lenore had to play outside. They didn't have any other. And and I thought he did decent. That's the thing, man. And That's that's my thing. It's like he didn't look Kyle terrible Shane. or lost out there. No. I, I, I don't think it's to the extent, like, you have a lot of fans that are like, oh, man, like, he's balling. And I will say, like, he made plays. Like, he did make plays on the ball. I think against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, he broke up several passes. Uh, he held – I mean, he was a big part of holding uh, Devontae Smith to two catches for 16 yards. Uh, did a tremendous job there. So, I thought that there were enough good things to really build off of Is to the extent of not having to have him inactive, which I think is kind of crazy, or to talk about him – in the media, like, oh, he's just not ready to play at all. And it's like, dude, we we did watch him. We already saw Like, him. yeah, were there things that he could do better? And, I mean, these are the tough things. Like, I don't know what's being said in meetings. I don't know what he's been asked to do. You know, maybe when they do all their grading and they do the plus minuses, maybe he's grading out in um, the minuses with what they're asking him to do. But as far as, you know, my eyes and my evaluation of him, I didn't think that it was anything crazy to where you just – can't have him active on game day or can't play him at all. I thought he was a good football player. I, I don't know. It is it, the whole the way he's handling that is weird. Now, now, Ambry Thomas, that's different. He's just not every ready time he at stepped all. on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time he stepped on the field, he's been like burnt or given up a ton of catches, high percentage of catches. Like it hasn't played well. But Diamondo Lenore, there have been like, oh, okay, dang, a deep ball or oh, he got, got pass interference here. But he's made plays, he's out there. Obviously, you know, we saw the ending of the Packers game where he was supposed to be in the two-man trail, and he wasn't, and ultimately that led to uh, Devontae Adams catching the pass, and like, easily, and putting him in field goal range. Why was he lined up over him instead of Emmanuel Mosley? I don't know, but uh, that was what they did with him and Hufunga. Uh, He also gave up that one in the end zone where uh, Aaron Rodgers threw it, like, right over his hand. But it's like, I've seen Josh Norman get beat several times on the goal line. 
four touchdowns. So yeah, I think Kyle kind of picks and chooses. He's just really tough on on some of these younger guys. I think I don't know. And it's pretty telling how he, they felt about the rookies and them being able to play this year with all the veterans they brought in. They, you know, Dante Johnson. They brought in Drake Kirkpatrick. They brought in obviously. Um, Josh Norman too, so they brought in a ton of guys, and they did. They had injuries, obviously, but it's clear that they try to bring in a bunch of guys to play in front of those rookies. So um, I don't know. Anyway, that's what's going on. It's one thing to not bring them in to start, and I get it. Like the third, fifth round picks, second round picks. Like yeah, like I, I feel like you you are doing a good job of building up depth and maybe you know drafting and developing guys you know for the future. But once guys go down. You know, I think those guys, all right, like, you're going to have to play now. I want to finish up with Joe Moe's question about the 49ers draft. He says, I just wanted to say you guys are always putting down the 49ers draft picks while they're uh, with their top picks. My question is, isn't the whole NFL bad at their first couple round picks? And have you seen the Raiders just saying, but I... Still enjoy the podcast and keep up the good work. So uh, I appreciate that, Joe Mo. Use more punctuations next time so uh, it's easier to read your tweets. Um, and, and he posted up here that 2020 draft for the Raiders. And obviously they've already released both their first-round picks in, in Ruggs and Arnett. Lynn Bowden was traded quickly. They tried to make a wide uh, make a running back out of him, which was, <laughs> that was weird. super weird. They didn't even give him a chance. I don't even think they got him pads. Uh, Tanner Muse, the safety from Clemson, was already released. He's on the Seahawks practice squad now. Brian Edwards, their best pick, as of right now, was the pick we liked from them, right? That was yeah. so like that's what I'm saying here is like the 2020 Raiders draft shouldn't be your barometer whether you had a good draft or not because I didn't really love the draft in the first place and I killed him for taking Rugs who was not the best wide receiver as the first wide receiver even though I did like Rugs enough as a first round player just, he wasn't the best receiver in the draft in my opinion. Arnett, I didn't think he was a first round guy. I know you liked Arnett more than most people too. But, you know, his failure was obviously, you know, uh, I like this film, but didn't think that he I thought he would be more of a third round pick because yeah. of the lack of athleticism. So when I watched him, I said his film is day one film. But because of the lack of athleticism, I'd assume he'd go more day two and late day two, like third round. And I was I was shocked to see him go that high. Here's the thing, though. As bad as that draft looks right now. Ruggs and Arnett still have more production in 2021 than the 49ers first round picks from that year, right? Ruggs has done more this year than Brandon Ayuk has. Arnett has done more this year than Javon Kinlaw has. He's at least been right. more available and on the field. So that's the other thing is like the Niners draft doesn't look better right now. And then you consider what's going on with their picks that aren't playing in this year's draft either. So hold on before you um, start slamming the Raiders draft because the, the, the Niners draft picks from 2020 still have some work to do the rest of this year to pass up the production that, uh, that the guys already released by the Raiders have so far this season. But and also, I don't think I've talked bad about 49ers draft picks because I'm, I'm more optimistic. Yeah. About you're more them. optimistic than I am. I, I usually don't see eye to eye always with them sometimes, but I think we have, we've both done a really good job. I think of, calling out the Niners on bad picks at the time. And they turned out to not be good picks, right? I would have, I mean, in this one, I'll, and I was there with you, but when he said, mm, I was like, Mika Fitzpatrick, let's go. And it was like, 
Mike McGlinchey. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh yeah, we were live for that draft. That's right. That was a surprise. Yeah. That was a shocker because, um, and we heard some rumors about McGlinchey, you know, right before the draft, right, like the day up. before. I yeah, think. and yeah. it seemed weird. Because they had Trent Brown still. And then that night after the first round, they trade Trent Brown. They're like, okay, well, that was the plan there. So that one was, was a little bit more difficult to see coming. Plus, I didn't have McGlinchey rated that highly. I thought he was, I think I had him 20-something, late first round type of guy. But anyway, and even this year, like Banks and Sermon, we watched him. We're like, yeah, I mean, especially Banks. Like, what? No, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. We, we were very confused by that pick. And I'm not shocked and not surprised he's not a great fit and has been on the field a lot for the 49ers. Just not. Um, so... Anyway, uh, I've been hard on them sometimes for their work in the draft. I called out Shanahan a couple That's, years well, ago. Well, you're hard on them because your 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 uh, shadow draft has been better. That's the thing. And I put in the work, and their late-round picks have been better than mine. My early-round picks have been better than theirs. So... Um, and obviously that's the way it's gone for the 49ers. And uh, the Bosa was Bosa. There's no other pick they could have made. That was my pick. That was your pick. That was everybody's pick. By the way, Josh Allen was the one that everyone kind of like. Not everyone. There's a lot of people that really like Josh Allen. The Jaguars, Josh Allen from Kentucky that year. Some of them wanted him yeah. even over Bosa, the number two pick. He had a fantastic game this week. But There were uh, a lot of people that wanted him. I, I was a Bosa guy. Yeah. Over the, him. I actually like Quentin Williams a lot too. But Bosa was the only pick, and I think a lot of people did like Quentin Williams. But it, throughout the league, I bet, unless you needed a quarterback, and even then, uh, Murray already went number one. I bet 32 out of 32 teams would have taken Bosa with that spot. Right. I mean, I think it was a slam dunk in NFL circles that that was Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're out of time here, Croc. So we got to get out of here. Feel free to hit us up at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. I think Wink's going to come with a little bit of maybe some optimism. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see how Wink's feeling. Maybe, maybe we got a Wink in the stink on tomorrow's podcast, but uh, hit us up with some questions and uh, we will continue to cover everything going on with the 49ers, have some other stats, some other things and um, some notes going back to watch the last game. And, and maybe who knows, maybe that was one you just throw in the trash. You throw that film in the trash and you look ahead to the Los Angeles Rams and things don't get much easier on Monday night football next week, but we will start looking at that Rams game in week 10. And by the way, thanks for making us your first listen every day right here. Locked on 49ers.